JDS slept on the canvas. Next weekend's card is fucking madness. With the fight selections and the fight reflections, this is fighting with myself. Oh, 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 fighting with myself. Oh, 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 yeah. What is up, fighting with myself fans? Welcome to Fighting with Myself, the podcast for the average MMA fan hosted by an above average man. And I am that man. My name is Juice, and let's get it cracking. We had some awesome fights in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Totally saying it like Bisping. I was just listening to the Believe You Me podcast, and he would, he could only pronounce it Minneapolis, which is fucking wrong. Minneapolis. Let's give the city the proper respect it deserves, because holy shit, that was an awesome card. And it's one of those things, you know, Greenville was kind of a sleeper of a card as well. There were like some fun matchups, but not really any like big names. And everyone was like, I'm not too excited for this card. But holy shit, look at what happened. And that was kind of the case this time, but a little less so on paper. Like it wasn't as as good on paper as I thought either. Uh, But I was still holding out. I mean, you know. Never judge a fight card until it actually happens. That's that's kind of my theory uh, or stance, if you will. And my God, those are amazing fights. Tons of finishes. Everyone brought it. Um, it seemed like there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of matchups where you know people were like on a bit of a losing streak that they had to break that, and it really like showed in their performance, like in a good way. Like Jared Gordon, for example, like that was an amazing fight. Jared Gordon on a bit of a of a skid there and uh put on an awesome fight and all the uh hometown you know minneapolis fighters or or even from that part of the world delivered great performances i thought we had uh maurice green the crochet boss opening up the night i mean that was just uh that was good stuff from him he's kind of fun i don't know if you guys saw him on uh, the ultimate fighter he's a little weird but i'm here for it uh i mean with a name like crochet boss you can't go wrong or can you? Who knows? But uh, he's unique anyway. I mean, if someone's not my cup of tea, but they're at least trying to be unique, I'll, I'll let them do their thing. It's, it's no problem. I mean, I'm not a fucking fan of crocheting, but at least he's doing something different, you know? And it's kind of funny. He, he makes these little hats for his opponents, and I guess he made them for the the, uh, <laughs> the staff on the on the UFC broadcast team. So, so that was pretty cool. But um, he looked great at, uh, against uh, Junior Albini. This was a, a frenetic fight anyway. Uh, both those gentlemen put on a nice pace. And some, some really cool prelims. Just wanted to highlight a couple. Probably my favorite of those um, prelim fights was um, Hikardo Hamos versus uh, Newsom. Holy shit. Um, that guy made his debut, Newsom. And uh, he kind of looked like a young uh, Eric uh, Eric Anders um, as... Um, I think it was Karen Bryan said that said it could have, could be his little brother and I was like you know what you're right you're right uh, and speaking of Eric Anders that was a great knockout I tweeted out because <laughs> I like Eric Anders I was like come on Eric Anders aim for his big ass nose hit him in the big ass nose and he fucking did uh, he he landed a nice I think it was a right hand just right down the pipe and just put that guy in his ass or he's a southpaw might have been a left either way it was a it was a fucking it was a nice shot, and uh, the ref, I don't know what the hell he was doing, Vance Seward or, or what have you, fucking every time he was on screen, he would like wink and wave at the camera. I was like, is this guy just here for some fucking notoriety? I mean, he's like 
trying to watch the fight like as if he's like, yeah, come on, come on. I mean, you're supposed to be protecting their safety. So you can't you can't knock Eric Anders for not uh, not stopping because his job was to stop before the, the ref pulls it pulls him off. But I mean, there was another stoppage like that as well, where I was just like, come on, like uh, what? I mean, terrible. I think it was Herb Dean. It was like Herb Dean against uh, probably uh, Polo Reyes versus Drew Dober. I was like, he's out, dude. Like, stop the fight. Or Paul Craig, maybe. Probably the Paul Craig fight. That was that was terrible. Um, but let's get into that uh, in a second. I, I, I did want to touch on that um, Ricardo Hamos and uh, the Newsom fight. Um, Bantamweights put on a hell of a show. And, like, the pace. You just can't. Uh, Ricardo Hamos versus Newsom. What a spectacular fight! Um, those spinning elbows and the spinning heel kicks from from Ricardo. I'm here for it. And he reminds me of like an old timey villain, like from the like the silent movie era with that fucking mustache. Uh, it just makes me laugh. Uh, but he's a hell of a fighter. Great performance. So those are the prelims. But let's get into the main card. These were these were great, and my picks were fucking terrible so i think i'm going to do something uh new for this next card and uh depending on how you guys feel about it we might keep that going but that'll be that's a little teaser for you for the end but um i thought paul craig was going to get it done against alonzo menafield um paul craig is one of those guys who's losing until he's not you know he's uh he, he takes a beating and then pulls out a last second submission and i was really hoping for that but menafield hits like a fucking truck i mean he just came out like a like a cannon and just started hitting him with bombs right away and Paul Craig threw one of those. I mean, he went. I thought someone on Twitter was like, "He went full Weidman." I was like, "You're damn right." Uh, he he threw one of those spinning wheel kicks, and Alonzo Menafield just caught him as he was spinning. Oh, it was brutal! It was brutal. I think that was the fight that Herb Dean didn't stop in time. I was like, "Come on, dude!" But uh, you know, I guess I didn't see what he saw. Who knows? And then Polo Reyes falling short against Drew Dober. Drew Dober of lacrosse fame. He so looks like a guy that played lacrosse in high school. I mean, I mean, there's no other. Like, I look at him, I'm like, you're not a fighter, you're a lacrosse player. That that's what it is. But uh, he's a nice guy. Polo Reyes is a beast, and he kind of played Dober's game. I thought Dober was gonna try and wrestle him, uh, but I guess they wanted a, a firefight, and and they got it. You know, down goes Polo. I mean, the I think one of the commentators said might have been Bisping. It was like. He, he likes to engage in a firefight, and he's not always the one left standing. And I was like, "Damn, guess you're right." Um, Vince Pichel against Roosevelt Roberts. This was another great fight. Um, it was looking bad for my boy Vince, and I picked him. And I was like, "And I mean, I knew Roosevelt Roberts was really good, so I, I wasn't at all like surprised by how good he looked in that first round." But I was like, "I really thought Vince was going to be tougher." And something happened in that corner, man. He flipped a switch because the second round he came out like a bat out of hell and the third round he that like that could have been a 10-8 in my opinion that third round. Uh it was an awesome performance by Vince and I think he he maybe had a like he kind of wore Roosevelt down a little bit. It seemed like his cardio was better toward the end. At least that's what I think. Maybe just all the grappling exchanges were really taxing on on Roosevelt. Who knows? Either way, awesome performance by Vince. Still not sure why he doesn't spell his name with an E on the end. Looks like Vink when I'm looking at it, but it's Vince. And then 
Damien Maya, shout out to Damien Maya with that old man strength, getting it done at, uh, what is he, 41? I mean, awesome. Just an inspiration for, for anyone that's like that age still 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 getting after it. I thought um, Anthony Rocco Martin was going to have enough, you know, wrestling defense to keep it on the feet, but he seemed very tentative. He was like waiting to counter Damien the whole time. He was just he was letting Damien um, pump that jab to kind of get find his reach and get his distance, and then coming for those takedowns. And I mean, he just rode that ass for for 15 minutes. I think um, you know Anthony turned it around in the third round. If if that went to you know, a fourth or a fifth, um, we could have seen a different fight, but obviously training for a three round fight, you got to make something happen in those 15 minutes. And he really couldn't. So shout out to Damian Maya. And then probably my favorite fight on the main card was, uh, Joseph Benavidez and Jose Formiga. Joseph, Joseph Benavidez, I thought he didn't need to take this fight in my opinion. I mean, obviously the promotion has a different stance on it. So if he had not taken the fight, they probably would just given the title shot to Formiga. But, um, you know, he has a win over Cejudo. He deserves that fight. And, um, he got it. I, I, I thought it would, could be risky because Formiga is no joke, but Benavidez showed that he's a veteran showed that, uh, I think he just really has his number. I think those, those fights ended around the same time and in sort of a similar manner, you know? So he really, uh, he really got it done there. Loved his post-fight interview as well. He's like, come on, Henry, let's do it. Shout out to Benavidez as well for uh, for being married to Megan O'Levy. I always feel bad for her, like, having to be, like, you know, um, unbiased in the back. But, like, you, she's got to be, like, nervous for her husband. I mean, what, what wife wouldn't be nervous if her husband's fighting in a cage? So, so they're, they're like, a, you know, a real power couple in MMA. I think it's awesome. But my God, Francis Ngannou is a fucking terror. Holy shit. And JDS does this. I, I, as soon as I picked JDS, I was like, this this is going to bite me in the ass because um, he really has more technical boxing or better technical boxing than Francis Ngannou. But Francis Ngannou has, I would say, way more power. Even though JDS has good power as well, Francis Ngannou is just on another level when it comes to that. It's like... You know, okay, I'm I have a sword, but you have a bat, like a like a not a real sword, like a fencing sword. I can poke you. I can be more elusive. I can move in and out. But if you have a fucking bat, you can swing that shit and just land one, and that's all she wrote. And that's that's what happened there. Junior dos Santos was like weaving. Uh, he was leaving his chin out there, which was so dumb. And then he kind of went for this like duck under like slip, and Francis Zigano was just like nope, and that was all she wrote. That one could have been stopped earlier as well. I mean, that was, uh, I think he spun him around with that with that hook, Francis Ngannou. He just clipped him and JDS just like spun and hit the ground. It was, it was scary to watch. But all in all, it was a great night of fights. I mean, you can't ask for, for much more from a, from a regional fight card. And it's weird, <laughs> JDS, they seem to put him in, in a lot of those, uh, fight night cards that are in like random middle America. But, uh, I guess he sells that market cause, uh, cause that place looked packed. I know, uh, my guy on Twitter mixed the man was uh, in the house. Uh, seemed like it was a great vibe from, from what I saw from his, uh, from his Twitter feed. So that was pretty cool to see. Now we got a lot to cover as far as, uh, current events 
and uh, listener questions and so forth. So I wanted to keep the recap brief. Hopefully you all saw those fights um, and you know what I'm talking about as far as how amazing those fights were. So, so just know that. You know what I mean? Just know. What do you want me to do? Break down each round of every fight? Come on, what are we doing here? This is a podcast. We've got to keep it moving. But let's take a little break and then we'll get into some uh, current events. All right, we're back. So these current events, there's not a lot, but what's here I think is worth mentioning. And we got some interesting fight announcements. So um, first thing I noticed was uh, MMA getting legalized in France uh, later this year. I think we talked about it a few episodes back. There was that press release in French that was kind of weird. And it was just saying, you know, we're thinking about it or whatever. But this looked like the wheels are actually set in motion to get legalized by the end of this year. You know, so by 2020, we should be able to have, uh, you know, hold events in France. I guess it has to, like, different bodies have to submit their paperwork um, or put their stamp of approval, and looks like they're all going to do that. So, so that's awesome news. I think you could have an awesome card in France. I mean, not only would probably most of the UFC roster want to just go to France, you know what I mean? But in terms of like local French fighters that they could put on there, I mean, you've got Francis Ngannou, obviously, who trains in France. And you've got, uh, you know, Tom Dukenois could make a comeback, Nordine Taleb. You might even see if they can get together that um, GSP Habib fight or some maybe GSP Ben Askren for the inaugural 165 class. That would be an awesome headliner for uh, for a UFC card in like Paris, for example. I mean, they could do some great things there. So I'm really looking forward to that. I would love to cover that fight, to be honest. Let's go to Paris. Why not? So that's that's on a positive note. But let's sink into something a little more negative, which kind of I didn't really like to see. Desmond Green is a pretty good fighter out of the lightweight division in the UFC. He's been brought up on uh, DUI manslaughter charges, which is just terrible. And he's fought like two or three times since the initial accident. And I got to feel like the UFC knew about this. So so that's just kind of shady that they're like, oh, yeah, you're uh, you're you're undergoing some sort of a murder investigation. That's fine. And when I say murder, it's like, you know, it's categorized as manslaughter because it wasn't intentional, but it was re- his reckless behavior that caused his death. It was it was a car crash for which he was under the influence. Uh, looks like he went on the wrong side of the road. It's just awful. You know, I recommend going and reading the report. It's all over ESPN and and multiple outlets. But really, really sad to see because obviously those people lost their lives. But but it's it's also like, you know, we might never see this guy in the in the cage again, at least for a meaningful period of time. And I don't know if I necessarily want to, if that's the kind of stuff he does outside the cage and kind of doesn't give a fuck about, um, you know, other people's lives. So. Just, just not, just not good. I'll tell you what is good though. Luke Thomas firing back at Chael. And I had to watch this a couple times and watch both of theirs back, you know, back to back to kind of see where I fall on this. And I still, I think I'm still team Chael, 
but Luke made some, you know, fair points in that in his response. But I also think they're they're just like not really talking apples to oranges. They're kind of not talking about the same thing, uh, you know. And Luke doesn't really doesn't really know where Chael is coming from and doesn't see you know anything he did wrong. So you're never gonna really. Uh, you know, I think the only way to get this done is to get the two of them into a room together and they just hammer it out. Or, as I suggested, you have Chael Sonnen versus Luke Thomas headline Submission Underground. Boom. Figure it out on, in the... I mean, Submission Underground, they actually do it in a cage. So, But it's, you know, on the mat, really, because it's a grappling uh, grappling tournament. But, so that would, be, that would be amazing if they do that, but I don't think they will. Um, I think it's just whatever. Because even Chael on his podcast had said... You know, and the whole timing of the, of of Luke releasing his comeback is weird because he's like, oh, I'm basically uh, retiring or I'm leaving. You know, these two shows, MMA Hour and MMA Beat, and I I, I think he's not going to do the radio show anymore either. I'm not sure. It's all it's all weird, and I I don't know if he's going to stay in MMA. So it's just kind of a weird note to exit on this like little, you know, let's call it a beef and. And that's your last thing you do in MMA. But but to my point, Chael Sonnen said that he uh, that that Luke will have his uh, support in whatever you know venue that he goes goes into, whatever venture. So I thought that was pretty cool. I think they're they're ultimately friends, and it just kind of got weird, and they have a little you know public spat. You know, this could have been settled behind closed doors, but they both decided to kind of do it in public, which is a little bit weird. Um, Speaking of something that uh, that ha- that was a little bit of a beef that um, you know got squashed publicly was uh, this little beef I had with Evil Eddie on Twitter. I thought this was kind of interesting to talk about on my show, so I ha- I put a post on Twitter. I I said if you're not listening to the podcast now, what can I do to convince you to listen? Just a simple, you know, what does it take? Because I've got plenty of people that follow me on Twitter but don't listen to the podcast, and so I just wanted to say, hey, you know. What's what's the brother got to do to get you to tune in? I mean, I've got people replying to me sometimes, literally being like, "Nah, podcasts aren't my thing." Like, don't fucking follow me then. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I mean, whatever. But uh, someone had commented, "Called Chell a mediocre fighter," and I was like, "I'll never do that." Then Evil Eddie jumped in and and uh, started tagging Chell and Luke. I didn't think that was cool, and we kind of got it back and forth into it. He blocked me like immediately, which was like weird, and then. The next day, I woke up to a, a message uh, from him on Instagram saying, "Come on my show and let's settle this," and I had a great time. You know, I can I can uh, I can accurately say beef squashed. No uh, no beef between the, uh, me and Evil Eddie. No love lost there. Um, his show, Pure Evil MMA, is uh, he does a good job with it, and uh, you guys should check that out on YouTube. It's really cool, and uh, I thought our uh, you know interview that we did was was pretty fun. We just sort of talked about the state of MMA and you know podcasting in general. Talked a little bit of comedy, which which was fun at the end. Had some technical issues, so I don't know if that's going to be released anytime soon because you might have to c- cut everything together. At least it's not up as we speak as I'm recording this, and it happened you know uh, two nights ago. So we'll see about that. But that brings us to fight announcements. Um, I'm really sad that um, I don't know if I can make this card. Um, so the UFC is coming to Newark uh, on August 3rd. This is, like, this is like an hour away from me, and I really want to go. I actually apply for credentials. Still holding out, hope for that, but not really optimistic about it. Um, 
but uh, some of the boys from uh, from Twitter that live here in New Jersey were going to go. And the fucking day that tickets went on sale, the pre-sale, I got into a fucking accident with my car. And it was completely my fault. And now I have to probably pay for that. And I don't want to fucking buy tickets. And also I have to pay for this stupid car wreck. So um, life just kind of shit on me in that in that regard. But it's still going to be an amazing car. So I want to focus on the positive for now. Uh, and I still hope that I can go in, in some aspect. Uh, Colby Covington versus Robbie Lawler is going to headline. And this is weird for a couple of reasons. Mainly one is that we all thought Colby was going to get the title shot. Because he was the interim champion. Then he got stripped because he couldn't, you know, make a quick turnaround. He had like some weird like nose surgery or something. And they give it to Darren Till. Then they give it to Usman. And there was this whole like politics where him and Dana didn't get along. And he makes this fucking video live streaming where he's like chasing Dana around the palms. Sees Dana with his side piece playing poker. And he's like, hey, Dana, why not fighting this weekend? And he's like, turn off the fucking camera, dude. I mean, that was so weird. And also... Bitch. But I looked like from all reports that they finally got it right. And, uh, you know, Kamaru and Colby had a had a nice, you know, back and forth and even, you know, got physical at the fucking buffet, which was really dumb because Ali was there and Ali's a uh, piece of shit. But I, I thought for sure they're going to book this fight. But then when it comes out that Kamaru is injured and can't, you know, defend in time. So they're making this fight between Colby and and Robbie, and I really thought Colby was not going to take it. So they must have offered him some sort of incentive or basically said, it's either take this fight or you're going to get fucking cut. So I don't know. But I hope it's like a genuine, like, number one contenders match because, um, you know, if Robbie wins, which he could win that fight, you know, he is a former champion. If Woodley was still the champion, he's not going to tile shot because that's who he lost to. But I could see him getting a... Getting a uh, um, a title shot against Kamaru, and that would be a fun fight to watch. But I'd ra- to be honest, I'd rather see Colby get it because uh, he really needs to get that ass beaten. You know, whether it's from Kamaru, whether it's from Tyron Woodley, or to be honest, even if it's from Robbie. Robbie does well against wrestlers. I mean, people forget that he beat Johnny Hendricks. It was a close fight the first time, and then he beat him the second time. And uh, he was doing well against a- Askren, even uh, slammed him you know, in the early moments of their fight. So I, I like Robbie's chances in this fight. I think it's going to be a fun headliner. But Colby does put on a pace. Uh, as much as he is a, a fucking MAGA asshole, he, he, does, uh, he does have great cardio and good wrestling. So, you know, he could get that done potentially. We'll see. And I'm glad that they moved. I saw that they moved the, uh, or rebooked rather, the Vulcan Uzdemir versus Elir Latifi fight for that card. Uh, you might remember that um, that fight was scheduled to take place at UFC Stockholm. And then like a couple days before, I guess Latifi's back went out or something happened where he was injured and he couldn't compete. So they moved him to, uh, they moved the fight to Newark. So I'm, I'm glad that I might be able to get to see that fight live, if at all. Or at least we're getting to see it because that's a fun matchup. I still like Elir in that fight. I know Phil was uh, was bullish that it was going to be Volcan, but uh, I like Volcan's chances. I like it. Also on that fight card, Lucie Putilova versus Antonina Shevchenko. Uh, that's a wonderful fight for Shevchenko, and I think the Shevchenko sisters winning against anyone not named Roxy is uh, is good for the division. You know. Also, a fun fight that 
I think kind of flew flew under everyone's radars because it's so far away. But Gunnar Nelson versus Chago Alves got added to the uh, UFC Copenhagen card, and they still might headline it. I I think um, Jack Hermanson was was campaigning to headline that, uh, you know, or they could do maybe him versus uh, Jared Cannonier as a as a headliner. I think that would be fun. But Gunnar Nelson has a big following in Europe, and he's headlined plenty of those fight night cards. You know. Glasgow comes to mind, London a couple times, you know, so I could really see them putting that as a headliner. Thiago Alves is a big name as well. And um, Thiago, even though he's not been winning a lot lately, he hasn't looked terrible. You know, he's still explosive. He can still do some damage. And uh, Gunnar Nelson is a beast on the ground. So I think that's a fun-ass fight. And I guess that's it for current events. Not a lot because we got a lot of voice questions uh, you guys are incredible, and I can't wait. So let's do those right now. All right, first question we got is from Pat, a.k.a. PTD Shaheen. Let's see what he has to say. Now, see, baby, I already see PTD getting comments about myself on your podcast, baby. So he says it's going to work, baby, okay? I'm going to take over this whole podcasting game, baby. I'm going to take over the whole world. My question to you is, do you think that Kobe gets people to shave his asshole, or do you think Kobe Covington shaved his own asshole, and do you think Robbie Lawler will get knuckle-deep in that asshole come a few weeks from now, baby? Thanks. This is potentially the most important question we've ever answered on this show. I mean, I can't think of a more valid, a more poignant, and a more thought-provoking question, such as the one that uh, Patrick has presented for us. Now, do I think Colby shaves his own asshole? Probably. I think he tries to get people to do it, but I imagine no amount of money will convince those um C-level porn stars that he does those videos with to shave his asshole. And do I think Robbie Lawler is going to get knuckled deep in that asshole? I do. I do. Quite frankly, nothing would make me happier than for Robbie Lawler to knock that motherfucker's head off and get knuckled deep in that asshole. I love it. What a great question. Pat's the man. All right, next up we have uh, The Only Way is MMA, and uh, he has titled his question, A Question from the Average MMA Fan for an Above Average Host, and that host is Juice. Oh. Gang, gang, buzz, buzz. Oh, shit. Hey, what's happening, Juice? Hey. We got a question for you. Over the next two UFC events... What fighter would you like to corner and what advice would you give them? We're going to give you this question because you may steal our questions, but you'll never steal our freedom. No, he likes them doing some accents, just a nice brief heart one for you. Have a good day, guys. That was the most reluctant brave heart I've ever heard. Not our freedom. It's more like, yeah, you might not take our questions, but you might not take our freedom. But I'll answer your question, because it's a very good question. And what he's alluding to, in case you didn't know, a few weeks ago on Twitter, 
uh, well, maybe one week ago, after Greenville, I had tweeted out, what fighter would you like to corner if you could corner anyone in the UFC? Apparently, that gentleman had already tweeted that out two days prior, and I missed it. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to steal your gimmick, boy. But to answer your question, I'd like to corner John Jones. I'd like to go out there and tell him, Oi, go out there with your hands down and your chin in the air and just see what happens. That's the only way that uh, I would be happy in that fight. So terrible, my my dialect. Uh, But there's my answer here for you. And this question, I'll I'll just play it so you guys can see. He's titled the question, You think anybody wants a roundhouse kick to the face while I'm wearing these bad boys? Forget about it. Yo, what's up, Juicy? Cerrone Nose Blow, here again. Man, had some awesome fights tonight, man. UFC on ESPN. Didn't have to find a stream. Fuck Brendan Schaub for that one, you stream snitch. You already know I'm not coming at you with an MMA question, but one thing I do want to say is after the performance that uh, Joey put on tonight, if Dana decides to shut down the flyweight division, he is an absolute fucking idiot for that one. But I'm going to get right to it and address the conversation we had on Twitter, man. When I asked you about the poop mustache, of course, how long did it take you to grow that mustache? The correct answer was a couple of days. I do have to say, though, the gift you replied with was amazing for the situation. I didn't even realize when he when he said that that it was a, a Napoleon Dynamite reference. I guess he's talking about that uh, that part of Napoleon Dynamite where he's like, how long did it take you to grow that mustache? And Pedro's like, a couple of days. I mean, to me, everyone quotes that one or like to quote the fucking when he's like, Tina, you fat hard, come get some dinner. But for me, the underrated quote of that movie is when Pedro's like, I shaved my head because I came home and I started to feel really hot. So I went and took a bath, but I didn't do nothing. And then I realized it was my hair making me so hot. So I shaved it all off. But now I am ashamed. That's the best one, if you want to be accurate. And the the gif he's talking about, I uh, he was talking about some, some mustache. And I was... And, uh, I did the um, the one from the Chappelle uh, stand-up special from a few years ago. It was like, that's not chocolate. That's doodle, baby. Oh, we got another friend of the program, Smokey J. Let's see what he has to say. with myself it's smoky j here smoking on some bongs and drinking on some beers i'm gonna ask this week's question with a little bit of rhythm who do you think is going to be francis and gano's next victim man smoky j you have no idea how apropos that question is and how the style of it that that is a bit of a preview for something that's going to happen later on in the episode um my god if i could just have those uh the audio of those bong rips, I would play those as transitions for with every between every segment. I, I would. Can you just imagine? All right, let's get into this, some current events. 
you know, get the fucking bong rip noise. Um, anyway, who do I think Francis Ngannou's next victim will be? I mean, this is quite simple. Uh, himself. I think what's going to happen next is uh, DC is going to beat Stipe again. And then they're going to try and give him another title shot. And he's currently ranked number two. Uh, only only Stipe's above him. And or unless DC retires, then he's going to fight for the vacant title. That's the only thing. Because I so I think if if Francis Ngannou faces DC, there's no way that's not a repeat of the Stipe fight. If not, uh, you know, quicker. I mean, Cormier's wrestling is another level, and that's that really seems to be Ngannou's kryptonite. And I I see you know Ngannou or uh, DC just blasting through him into like a high crotch and just dumping him on his head. Uh, so I would say his next victim would be himself, but unless that happens, you know, you could do, uh, I don't know, Francis Ngannou versus, see, I don't even know who they would put for the vacant title fight. I mean, maybe they would do the Stipe fight again, sort of similar to how, you know, DC lost to John Jones the first time and then the belt was vacant because John Jones got stripped. So they put him in there with Rumble. I mean, that could be something we see, but I don't know. To be honest, I would like, speaking of Rumble, I would love to see Nganu versus Rumble. Are you kidding me? Um, Anthony Johnson's been talking about making a comeback and he's really a heavyweight because of all that body uh, building he's been doing. And so that's, I think, the only weight he would even safely get into the octagon at and can you imagine Nganu versus rumble johnson i mean does one of them like to um hit women yes is that wrong yes is it alleged no it's not alleged i think he's been charged but if they get that sorted out i would like to see Nganu versus rumble wouldn't it be incredible if I just predicted that? If they just do, if, if fucking DC beats Stipe, then uh, retires, and uh, they have a vacant title fight between Ngannou versus Rumble. Are you kidding me? I'd buy that in a heartbeat. All right, this is a uh, this is a two parter from from uh, the only way is MMA. Hey, what's happening, guys? It's the only way is MMA. Hey, first up, every question for Juice. Uh, who would you see fight for the, the heavyweight title? Obviously, we know Francis is going to get it next uh, after the big KO last night. Uh, who do you rather see him fight? Rather see him fight DC? Or do we want to see him fight Stipe? Over to next week's count. Uh, what fight have you got interest in the most? On the early prelims, uh, we've got Edwin. Is it Shabazayan? Yeah, this guy's undefeated. Looking forward to seeing him. We've also got Arnold Allen. I'm looking forward to seeing him fight as well. The only thing with him is once he wins, he wants to tell us a random fact about his dad. Like anybody gives an actual shit. Like, fucking not interested in that at all. Anyway, we want to see him win. We got a bit of Claudia Gadelia as well. She's fucking the hottie, so at least we'll get her to look forward. This is part two. Yeah, what's happening, guys? This is the only way it's MMA back again uh, just one <laughs> a couple more things the Ben Askin fight is what I'm most looking forward to next week uh, does anybody actually think Masvidal is going to win on skill or is everybody just picking him because of the three piece and a soda shit that he throws about uh, I'm interested to know the real 
answer to that. Uh, I'll probably ask that on Twitter as well, just but uh, we know your opinion. Uh, any upsets on the card? Everybody wants Jones to lose. Uh, I don't really see it happening though. Uh, and quick shout out as we go for Juice for doing this podcast, connecting everybody. We've got Smokey G, Genghis Khan, or Genghis Black, I call him Genghis Khan every fucking time I read his Twitter handle, and AJ the Giant's dad, aka the punk. Peace out, guys. Have a good day. I've got a weak question for you. What are you doing? Sounds like you're in a field. <laughs> Every time it's like grass rustling in the background. I love it. Uh, that was a lot. Uh, so much to unpack there. I think the first uh, question was, uh, who do I want to see fight for the heavyweight title? Uh, do I want Engano to fight DC or Stipe? I really, I, I would like to see that DC fight. I think I just already kind of answered it with uh, Smokey J's question, but uh, <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing the Stipe rematch. I mean, honestly, like, um, I feel like I was maybe a little bit disrespectful unintentionally by picking JDS, like not respecting, you know, Francis's power. Uh, so, I mean, I love watching him fight, so... It's just too fucking quick, dude. I mean, I was grateful for that last night because I was tired as shit. But uh, it, it, it's just so quick. It's like you're not even getting your money's worth, really. Uh, but um, uh, I think Stipe can do the same thing in the rematch. But I also think DC can do the same thing he did to Stipe in that rematch as well. So, yeah. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. But, yeah, give me Ngannou versus anyone, really. I mean... Even though that Stipe fight was, he just kind of for like the la- the last four rounds he was like laying on him. He, that still was exciting to watch because it was just like you were seeing this man get dismantled before your eyes, and that first round was exciting as shit. So uh, yeah, sign me up for that. But also sign me up for DC versus Ngannou. Are you kidding me? That 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 short stocky wrestler can't pick him up and dump him on his head. He can do that all day. And last but not least, in terms of voice questions, we've got my man, Genghis. Now, he titled this question, Woke Up on the Beach with a Hangover. And hangover is spelled wrong. So I can definitely confirm that that is true. What it looked like fighting with myself. It's your boy, Genghis, repping Asbury. We had back-to-back weeks, great cards. What was your favorite fight? Also... Who do you think's gonna win? Holmes, Nunes. What's your boy now? That's awesome. I love how he starts every question with what it looked like. I mean, you tell me what it looked like. I don't know where you where you are, but that's fucking great. Uh, great question. As far as my favorite, I think he means of both cards, and I would have to selfishly say the Molly McCann fight was my favorite one. That was the one that got me the most fucking pumped when I was watching it. I was just like, yeah, Molly, like every fucking hit she landed. I, I was like, you know, losing my mind. So that would probably be the, uh, the fight I would pick. But, um, the, the, the Benavides fight was amazing too from last night. And, uh, that again, that Ricardo Hamos fight, um, and the Jared Gordon one as well were really good fights. Uh, Jared Gordon versus, uh, I think, Dan Moret. It's Moret, but I, I, I think his name is Dan. Anyway, Jared Gordon got an awesome story. And it was cool how he used that uh, post-fight interview to just talk about his, his platform as, as far as like addiction and um, helping sexual assault victims. So so that was really cool to see. 
um, as much as it was like a little preachy and kind of on a soapbox, you know, at least he wasn't like trying to talk shit and cut a promo. He's, you know, trying to do good in the world. So I always want to support that. But yeah, gun to my head, probably pick uh, Molly McCann. Oh, and uh, before I get into the Twitter questions, we did have a question from uh, Instagram from my wife. She said, were you surprised at how quickly the main event ended? And yes and no. Obviously, I did pick JDS, so I, w- I was a little bit surprised, but not really because I said even after I picked it, it was you know really a coin flip. And I figured if Francis won, it would be quick like that. But uh, the way JDS was slipping uh, his punches initially and kind of circling and using footwork, I was like, okay, you you, you got this. And then he fucking met that... St- that was a huge mistake. I mean, his coaches are probably like, you know, well, they're probably waking him up right now. But then once they wake him up after he's had a few days, they're probably going to say, why did you do that? Saddam. But yeah, that's it. Oh, and then we did have a question um, from Phil, the MMA dude from last week that kind of was like a late edition that didn't make it onto um, last week's show. So I wanted to kind of put it up here. He said, what to make of Gegard's loss against Lovato Jr.? Was it a poor performance from Gegard or is Lovato Jr. just that good? Most importantly, who you got in the rematch? And I believe that rematch will happen. Uh, I agree. I think they will do that rematch. Um, First off, Musasi is, you know, regarded as one of the pound for pound um, top 10 fighters in the sport. You know, if, if we're talking all organizations, just you know, in MMA, who's the pound for pound top 10? Um, Gegard gets mentioned in that conversation for sure. And uh, he's also one of the biggest names in Bellator. So um, I think there's that's a no-brainer for them to make that rematch. Rematches always sell. and uh, But Bellator has a habit of kind of doing these things like late. So I could see them maybe doing the Machida fight um, first. For, for Lovato Jr., and if he gets past that, then they'll do the rematch. Or, I mean, there's a rematch between uh, Machida and Musasi that's overdue as well from the, from the UFC. Um, I still want to see that fight. I mean, when Gegard had uh, his uh, post-fight interview at UFC London, I believe it was, um, when that was headlined by um, Bisping versus Silva, he was like, I want the rematch from Machida. I had his back, and he lift his ass, and I slide off. He was greasing, he's a cheater, and I want that rematch. So I'm I'm here for that. Uh, even you know either rematch. So I I think they'll probably do Lovato versus Machida next, um, just because timing wise and maybe Gegard's not ready to bounce back so quickly. Um, but then um, I think Gegard gets the winner of that. Uh, or 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 maybe they just wait and they do the Gegard rematch because that would be smart. But who knows? You know, of course Machida's now. You know he could be the number one contender at two hundred five. We don't know. It's always kind of weird with those rankings in Bellator, but um, yeah, I, I think any one of that trio happens. You know, Lovato versus Machida or Lovato versus Gegard. All right, let's get into these Twitter questions. These are some great ones. Um, <laughs> Hectic one says, "Would you rather take an elbow gut wrench from Habib or a body triangle with your belly down from Ma- from Maya?" Man, this is like. Would you rather get hit with a wooden bat or a metal bat? I mean, they're both gonna hurt terribly. Um, and as far as like the be- the body triangle from from Damian Maya, I feel like that's a slow burn. And uh, but then he'll probably just submit me quickly. 
Mm, I'd probably take that. I mean, Khabib will just maul you for four rounds and then strangle you at the end. So, yeah, I would have to take that from Maya. I'll just give him my neck and he'll just he'll get another submission. That's fine. All right, next up from Mixed a Man. He's got a couple of questions. He says, one, how bad do you want to visit Minneapolis now? And dude, I definitely don't want to visit in the winter because I already have terrible winters in Jersey. But given that they had some amazing fights, I'd definitely love to check it out. He said, is Crochet Boss the next big thing in the heavyweight division? And as far as being the next big thing, I think it's a little early to say that. Probably not, but who knows? But he's definitely an exciting prospect. I think he didn't use his range as much as he could, being that that he has a significant range advantage over most of those guys in the heavyweight division. Um, Junior Albini was able to get inside very quickly and kind of get to the clinch. Um, But he has a hell of a chin because Junior hit him with some big shots. Um, I think he got rocked once, kind of fell back a little bit, but came, but you know, came back strong. He was on some good kicks to the body, but uh, not as much as uh, you'd, you'd expect from a guy with that range. And I think he comes from a jujitsu background mostly, so he's not used to using that range as well. Uh, but he is. I was glad to hear him say in the post interview he's training at uh, Factory X now in Denver with Mark Montoya and, and Lionheart and those guys. So uh, I hope that that can add another level to his game. And as far as um, who impressed me the most, I would have to say probably Alonzo Menafield, just because I, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm a Paul Craig fan, so I was just hoping he would get it done. But um, I didn't think if he lost, it would happen so quickly. And I mean, Menafield just steamrolled him. I mean, that guy's a fucking athletic specimen. So that would probably be it. Or um, I, guess, I guess Maurice Green would probably be my number two. Or even that guy... Lumpila, Lum, I'm terrible with names. I'm not even going to attempt that. But the the South African gentleman that uh, fought uh, Duan Townsend, Duquan Townsend, and man, what a heart wrenching story about Townsend. If you guys don't don't know the story or didn't hear about it, uh, the guy that came in on short notice to fight the South African gentleman, um, Duquan Townsend, he made a promise to his son three years ago, as he was dying from a rare cancer. Uh, and said that he promised him he will be in the UFC. And so just to see that guy there fulfilling his promise to his son, he was already a winner in my eyes for that. Uh, I'm sure in his eyes as well. I mean, of course, he wasn't looking for just a moral victory. He did want to win, but man, that was uh, that was touching. Pete Bagels says, good card, but would you rather wake up... Cr- but who... I think this is phrased wrong, but whom would you... Oh, no, here we go. Whom would you rather wake up to creepily staring at you? Holm or Nunez? I mean, neither, but probably Holly Holm. I mean, if if I woke up to Nunez creepily staring at me, it'd probably be because she was, like, going to try and kill me. But if it was Holly Holm, at least it might turn into something positive. Kind of a weird question. Uh, I appreciate it, though. I love those weird questions. A little bit of back and forth between the only ways of a man, Smokey J. We're not going to read that because it's not even a question. Oh, uh, Lil Uzi Horizontal uh, at Uzi for Prez says, Who fought the worst game plan? JDS versus Francis or Stipe versus DC? I would have to say 
DC, uh, uh, JDS fought the worst game plan because that clearly was his, you know, game plan to kind of use his what he thought was superior boxing and what I still kind of believe is, but um, clearly uh, with a guy with a, such big power, that's not enough. And uh, Stipe, I thought, had a decent game plan. He just uh, made a mistake that, according to DC, he does in all of his fights. He drops his uh, uh, left hand, and uh, DC capitalized on that. So um, it was more so um, DC being good than Stipe being bad in that fight, I think. So... Uh, so yeah, good question though. And and I'm and even though like I said, I've I've said this on Twitter m- many times, I think that that fight goes the same or at least um the same outcome. I don't I don't think it's necessarily a, a first round knockoff for DC again, but I think um DC is just going to come out the victor. I think he has his number, but um I still want to see it. I I I'm I'm still looking forward to it. And that wraps up our listener questions. Uh, but we're going to get into the uh, the breakdown for UFC 239, and we're going to do something a little bit differently. So uh, tell me if you guys like it. All right, let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. We've got UFC 239 coming up next weekend, Saturday, July 6th in Las Vegas. This is International Fight Week, so they always deliver a big card this weekend. And I'm glad that it's only one. In the past, they've done two and sometimes three, like on Thursday and Friday leading up to it. And I just, I, I think one big card is better because you got, you got the fan experience. And you know, I've been to International Fight Weekend; it was awesome. You know, so you get the fan experience, and then you've got uh, the uh, the Hall of Fame as well that week and the fighters only awards and all that stuff like do that let have those days for like that fun stuff to kind of just like whet your appetite for the ufc and then a big card of the saturday i think that's the way to go so um i'm looking forward to it and um we're gonna we're gonna uh preview this one a little bit differently i got this request from pixie dust if you don't follow her now it's a must it's at pixie dust 26 please don't go sending her pics she asked for a breakdown in rhyme, which would take up a lot of my time. But quite frankly, you guys are worth it. I'll do it now, even though it's not perfect. But this isn't your podcast, it's mine. Let's break down UFC 239. John Jones is a picogram magnet, but still the best fighter on the planet. He loves to use the eye poke, but if you think he will lose, that's a joke. Santos fans say, what if he lands? But y'all are just Tiago stands. Holly Holm telegraphs every punch, so the lioness will eat her for lunch. Ben Askren's nickname is Funky. Jorge's takedown defense is quite clunky. This should be a nice win for Ben, but Masvidal's a scrappy Cuban. I can see him brushing Ben off his shoulder and landing that three-piece in a soda. Luke Rockhold is really a bum. If you think I'd pick him, then you're dumb. He's gotten quite slow and quite chinny, so I see the Polish guy winning. But since, Luke, but since Luke has to pay for his words, and Lionheart will give him what he deserves, I hope Rockhold pulls out this win so Anthony Smith can bash his face in. Diego Sanchez is facing Chiesa. Don't mention his mom or he'll chase ya. The Nightmare is a living legend, but I got Michael C. by submission. This rhyming has been lots of fun, so let's do some more. I'm not done. Arnold Allen will beat Gil Melendez. Then talk about his dad's steroid heydays. They can't all be winners. Randa Marcos versus Claudia Gadelia. This is easy to pick, I tell ya. 
Randa loses every other fight, so Claudia will beat her that night. Alejandro Perez versus Song, whose last name contains the word Dong. Perez is ranked high above him, so I think he will probably sub him. Shabazian has been looking good, but Jack Marshman will win, or he should. Ismail versus Chance is a pick'em. I don't really care who wins this one. The Raging Panda, or Julia Avila, is fighting a girl named Melissa. I don't know enough about either, so I'll say Raging Panda is my fighter. If you thought these were lame, then whatever. I promise next time I'll do better. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. I'm, uh, I'm bowing. You can't see. Um, you're probably applauding, I imagine. So I'm just going to be bowing to your uh, future applause that I'm predicting. Um, I want to do something different for this. I uh, didn't want to do just the typical, you know, oh, I got this guy beating that guy kind of picks. And um, I kind of think uh, we might do something like this moving forward uh, as long as uh, it's well received. So uh, let me know how you guys like this one. Uh, again, that was a, a request from... Uh, from uh, Pixie Dust on Twitter, uh, her handles uh, Derek Lewis's Hot Balls, which is uh, one of the best Twitter accounts out there. Really, uh, just had a lot of fun with that, and uh, keep them coming. As far as requests like that, I mean, I, I won't, uh, I won't do every single one. It might be ridiculous, or I might just say, "No, nah, I'm not going to do that." But um, this is supposed to be fun, so let's make it fun. And uh, with that, I'll, uh, I'll wrap this episode up. Uh, I had lots of fun recording this, probably the the most ever. And I'm not one to make excuses, but uh, if I sound um, if I was a little low energy throughout the prior parts of the episode, it's because I'm on new medication. It's making me kind of foggy, so we're not going to get into that too much. But uh, other than that, um, you guys are the fucking best. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, click a five star, will you? Throw your boy a bone, huh? Um, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff on whatever platform you're listening on. And as always, you can um, send me a DM or an email uh, anytime, fightingwithmyselfpod at gmail.com or I'm on social media at FWM underscore pod, Twitter and Instagram, same. Um, You guys are amazing. And this is Juice signing out.